0: Welcome to the podcast at Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You can turn in your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 14. We'll begin in verse 34. But Before we do... Um, I wanted to uh, say some things, and and this is different from what I normally do. Normally, um, I I pretty much just jump right into the text, to jump into the sermon. But I have some things that I just want to say this morning that may not be 100% related to what the sermon text is about. Um, I'm going to introduce it like this. Sometimes in a marriage... You have a couple who loves one another. They've been married maybe for a long time. But when you're married for a long time, you maybe don't always remember to tell the person you're married to that you love them. Particularly for men, right? That can be a trouble. Well, he he goes to work every day and he provides and he thinks that's what I'm doing to communicate that I love you. He 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 may do all the things and he's faithful and he just assumes his wife knows I love you. While the wife sits at home or at work or wherever she might be in these days and thinks, why does he never tell me he loves me? Sometimes somebody has to go to that man and say you need to speak verbally and tell your wife you love her. She needs to hear that with With her ears. Well that can be that way with a a church and a pastor. I want you to know, um, sometimes it's difficult for me to say the words, I love you. But I do. I love this church, I love this congregation, I love you, the people of this church. I want you to know that. And it's not enough just for me to try to be faithful of uh, coming here every Sunday and preach and just show up and do my job and for you to know that. I want you to know, with my words, too, I want you to know that I, I love this church. I love many things about this church. I love the, the connection I have with it from the past, and that's, that's, that's the fact that, you know, my great-great-grandfather was pastor here. And there, there's there's a connection to that, but that's just the place. I love you, the people too. I love you. And sometimes it's hard to to say that. And to, sometimes it can come come across maybe in the wrong way. Maybe you don't believe me. Maybe Maybe I do things that uh, just that you can't believe it from the way that I do things or act or respond to things. I am a sinner, and I don't do everything right all the time. Um, our church covenant, which is on the wall over here, the fourth paragraph says, uh, "We further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love, to remember one another in prayer, to aid one another in sickness and distress, to cultivate Christian sympathy and feeling and Christian courtesy and speech, to be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. That last last part of the paragraph, it tells us there there are some times when we're going to mess up. There are some times when when we will take offense. It says slow to take offense. But then what happens when we do take offense? What are we supposed to do? Be mindful of the rules of our Savior. Be ready for reconciliation and secure it without delay. We will mess up. We will offend people. Love doesn't run the other way whenever that happens. Doesn't avoid people. Doesn't uh, doesn't try to quit and run the other way. Love secures reconciliation without delay. So that's what was on my heart this morning. Let's turn to our passage, Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 34. We've been looking at Jesus' life and ministry in the Gospel of Matthew. We've come all the way to chapter 14. We've seen Him do miracles in many different places. We've seen Him teaching. We've seen Him healing and even raising the dead. We start out at the beginning of this text with a summary statement about how Jesus is healing in this particular place And then it goes into a conflict with the Pharisees. I think those two things are connected. The conflict he has with the Pharisees along with the miracles and the healings that he's doing just before it. I think we'll see that because in that summary of how he's going around doing miracles and healings, One of the things it says is that people were brought to Jesus and they would just touch Him. They would touch Him and they would be healed. They had faith that if they would just get close enough to touch Him, just like that woman who had the hemorrhage of blood for 12 years, and she believed that if she just touched the hem of His garment, she would be healed. These people believed the same thing and it says that many were healed by just touching Him. Jesus allowed sick people to touch Him. When somebody's got the flu, somebody's been throwing up or some other kind of symptom, do you want to let them touch you? When someone's kind of icky... Do you want to let them touch you? Jesus did something strange. He allowed sick people to come and touch Him. And rather than sickness transferring to Jesus, it was the other way around. It was the healing that transferred to and made clean that which was unclean. And then Jesus he is approached by the Pharisees and he's asked, why do your disciples not wash their hands? The Pharisees didn't have the same kind of concerns that we have today. We know you know, we, we want to wash our hands so that we don't get germs. So we don't catch the flu. So we don't catch something bacterial or viral. The Pharisees were concerned about that because of ceremonial uncleanness. We read this morning, Robin read for us, from Leviticus chapter 11. And there's lots more in Leviticus about the clean and the unclean. What you can eat, what you can touch. All these kinds of rules about cleanness and uncleanness. Jesus... Well, let me back up. The Pharisees, they had added all kinds of rules and regulations. It wasn't enough, the, the rules that were laid down in Scriptures, but they would add all kinds of rules and traditions and all kinds of things to, so that they would have a barrier to keep them from breaking what was actually written in the law. So it was kind of a, a fence or a hedge. It, they know the law is here. And they don't want to break that rule or or cross that line. So they'll make a fence a little bit further back so that they don't cross that one. And if they they don't cross that, they won't cross the one that's further and break God's law. So the Pharisees, they have this tradition of, of washing their hands in a certain way to keep themselves ritually, ceremonially pure. And they ask Jesus why His disciples don't do that why they didn't wash their hands the same way that the Pharisees and all the others commanded people to do. And Jesus, He pointed out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. You're so concerned about all your traditions, He says to the Pharisees, when really you don't follow you, you don't follow even God's law. Your traditions that you have made... Jesus says to the Pharisees, Your traditions have invalidated the law and the very purpose in which the law was given. Because it's not the things that go into a man that make him unclean, but it's what goes out. Let's read our text this morning Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 34. And when they had crossed over, they came to a land at Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all that were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Then the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem, and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, Why do you break the commandment of God? For the sake of your tradition. For God commanded, Honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells father or his mother... Let them alone, they are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you still without understanding? Do you not see that what goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles, proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You that You have washed us clean. That we are no longer defiled by our sins. But under the blood of Jesus, we are made clean. We are made whiter than snow. Father, I pray that You would give us ears to hear your word and eyes to see it and lord i am a sinner apart from your grace i would be just an unclean creature man with no claim to have eternal life but by your grace you have reached down and made us clean by faith in your blood Lord give me strength help me to speak your word I have no strength in myself to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. These Pharisees, they come to Jesus. They're from Jerusalem. This is the place where the temple is. This is where, where they're very concerned about worship, about holiness, about the temple and all of those things. And these Pharisees and also these scribes, they come to Jesus and they're coming to Him with a question which has got an accusation built into it. And their question is, why do they not wash their hands? Why does your disciples not wash your hands? We could probably assume Jesus wasn't washing His hands either, but, but they were... They were deflecting that and not, not trying to make it look like an accusation. They were, they were pointing out the disciples. Why did they not wash their hands like the tradition of the elders? Jesus, He won't even acknowledge their question there initially. He says, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? And then he changes the subject on them. Don't you love that? That's almost like a politician today, isn't it? You know, you listen to the politicians on on television. They ask one question. And and the politician, he says what he wants to say. And and never really answers the question that was asked in the first place. Jesus wasn't being duplicitous like a politician. But he said what he wanted to say. And he got to the root of and to the heart which the Pharisees were only dealing on the surface. He didn't even lower himself to the point of their question that they were accusing him with, but he turned it back on them. And he showed how they were being hypocritical. You see, the law says, honor your father and mother. Jesus pointed that out. He even says in Leviticus, in, in these rules about cleanness and uncleanness, it points out that even, even for rebellious children, they're to be taken out and stoned. Aren't you glad we don't do that today? You don't even see it a whole lot in Scripture that it's practiced. But that was written in the law. Honoring your father and mother is an important Thing, taking care of them when they're elderly. We see that in our congregation. We see that we have evidence that it's being lived out. Linda, obeying Scripture, honoring Father and Mother. But the Pharisees, they had this rule. You know how they they would have these rules that they would make so that they would not disobey other rules and all kinds of things like that? So they had this rule that if they had a certain amount of of money that they wanted to just say, this is given to God. They they would call it korban. This is given to God. This This is only to be used for God's religious purposes, it was like setting it aside in an IRA. And everything that was in that IRA, this this retirement account, whenever that person died, would go to God. It would go to the temple. It would go towards ministry. And nothing was going to be available to take care of the person's aging parents. Now, according to this tradition, the the person could still use that money for their own benefit, but they couldn't use it for anybody else other than their own needs. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they created these traditions that by their nature caused them to break the law that God had actually written. That they're to honor their father and mother. And Jesus points out this hypocrisy. You're just hypocrites, He calls them. He says, well did Isaiah prophesy of you? This people honors Me with their lips, but their hearts are far from Me. In vain do they worship Me, teaching as, as doctrines, the commandments of men. It is very possible for a person to honor God with their lips, to say, we want to worship You, to come and sing each Sunday morning, how great Thou art. How, we can sing the words, but our hearts are far from Him. We're here on Sunday morning and we're happy. We have a smile on our face. We're greeting one another, shaking hands, hugging one another when inside and throughout the week. Our hearts are far from God. We don't have that love for one another. We're backbiting and talking about one another. And it just reveals that our hearts are far from God. Jesus then talks a little bit more he tells a short little parable. It's so short, we, just, we don't even think of it as a parable. He says, hear this and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. He kind of goes back to the question that the Pharisees had in the first place. Why do your disciples eat with unwashed hands? And then finally he comes back to round to the answer to the question. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. But it's what comes out of the mouth. That defiles a person. The Pharisees heard this, and the disciples, they asked it, Jesus, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when You said that? Well, of course they were offended. They knew that it was about them. They knew that the question was turned back on them. And Jesus, He keeps talking. He says, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Jesus had just said, He he said that uh, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, Here, this this plant that my Father has not planted is is really talking about the same thing. There are those that look just, just like the wheat and the tares that we talked about a few weeks ago. There are those that look like they are believers. They may come to church. They may sing the songs. But their hearts are far from God. And it says here that any plant that the Father has not planted will be uprooted. They're not real. They'll be pulled up like a weed. Jesus uses another symbol, another picture here. He says, If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. You can just see it, the picture there. You have a, a blind person trying to lead another blind person. It's almost humorous to think about it. Well, maybe not. It's almost like Jesus making a joke. You don't think of that very often. But the blind man leading another blind person and they both walk up and they fall over the edge into a pit. The Pharisees were blind. They were blind guides. They were spiritually dead, yet they were trying to tell people how they were going to be right with God when they weren't right with God themselves. The blind leading the blind. Jesus, Peter then, he said, explain this parable to us. The parable Peter is talking about is that one with with what goes into a man's mouth doesn't defile him, but what comes out does. Peter doesn't understand that. And Jesus rebukes him again. You don't understand? Still, you don't understand? Jesus explains it and he opens it up for us. But what comes out of a man, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. We can sometimes get focused on the exterior, on the outside. What, does a, what is a person's socioeconomic status? Their color? All those kinds of things. And, and we can we, the only thing we can see is what's on the outside. And we can make judgments about people. About what they say and what they do. God looks at the heart. The, the things, whether you're sick, whether you eat pork, <laughs> whether you eat those things that were called unclean, those are not the things that defile us. But there is something that defiles us, Jesus says. There is something that would defile us, and it's those things that come out of the mouth, that come out of the heart. Those are the things that we need forgiveness for. Evil thoughts. We think evil thoughts, and they come out of our mouths, and we end up speaking sharply to someone Murder. Jesus said that uh, murder, that, that calling your brother, you fool, is murder spiritually. Being angry with someone in your heart is like wanting to kill them. It's the very root from which that springs. Adultery, that comes from out of the heart. Sexual immorality. That is what defiles. And it's not just what you do with your body, but it's what you think. It's what you look at. And it catches all of us. Those are the things that defile a person. Theft. Theft starts with that root in our heart of covetousness, of wanting that thing that someone else has. It's all about the heart. False witness and slander. Those are the things that defile a person, talking about people. I think, I'm going to guess, that with this list, we probably all find ourselves guilty somewhere we've all been made unclean by the things on this list what is our remedy only the blood of Jesus the exterior things of religion all Jesus was talking about here, the Pharisees, was, was, was washing your hands and being ceremonial clean. But we've got our own exterior things. Do you read your Bible every day? Do you pray? Do you do all these things? Do you do all these works? Do, you, do you, Are you doing good deeds? Are you giving to the community? Are you doing all these good things that people can look at you and think you're a great person? But all of our good deeds and all of our righteousness cannot Outweigh all of our uncleanness and the evil within our own hearts. The only thing that can wash us clean and make us whiter than snow is the blood of Jesus. We can focus on those exterior things and trying to get ourselves clean. But ultimately, it's, it's nothing. Unless we understand that we're all equal at the foot of the cross. That all of us stand as guilty sinners. And you know what? That is the foundation of Christian love. That is the foundation of how we can be loving to one another as a church church. We stand together as sinners who have been forgiven much, who have been washed clean and have experienced great mercy. How are we to love one another? By thinking often of how much we've been forgiven. And then we can forgive Whenever I hurt your feelings, whenever somebody else hurts your feelings, it's only possible when we put our eyes on the gospel and how much we've been forgiven. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.